Welcome, everyone, to episode 253 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Uh, Will. <laughs> Corey. Uh, Eric is not here this week. He is working nights this week, so uh, he was unable to join us, and we kind of changed the day we're recording, kind of not at the last minute, but like kind of late last night we decided we, we needed to change because Will had to work Friday night when we were initially supposed to record, so... Come to find out, I uh, was able to switch shifts. Oh, okay. That's okay. Now I can relax on my Friday night. Yeah, I think I figured this might be better for everybody. If Eric wasn't a definite on Friday, this might be yeah. better for all of us. Sure. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it happens. It's definitely gonna happen. We're trying to get four of us together, uh, even one night a week is hard enough. So um, it's gonna happen. And this will probably be a shorter episode because. Uh, uh, we were just talking about it before before we started, but you know we all we had a weekend or a, a wedding we had to go we we went to this weekend. Um, so you know me and Corey were were gone all weekend. Will had to work in addition to uh, uh, the the wedding festivities, uh, and you know the the busyness seemed to just filter right into this week. So uh, I have literally been checked out of everything gaming since the last time we recorded last yep. week. So yeah, I have. No insights on anything. So just to warn the listenership, this probably will be a shorter episode. Um, yeah. Hopefully we return to back to the long ones again next week. Um, so, but yeah, today's topic is the letter D. Uh, we were initially supposed to cover Doom, but Will didn't get, you hadn't had a chance to play it, right, as of yeah, last night, I, and didn't think you even, would get to. I knew, I knew I was getting home at like five today. And we just opened the pool, so I wanted to run and then jump in and swim. Mm -hmm. And I knew that would be until, like, 6.30, and from there I just wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to have Eric on for that episode since since he is the one that bought Doom. So, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's only fair that we that we wait for him, him to be on for that episode. So uh, hopefully we'll be covering that within the next couple of weeks uh, when when – uh, Will and Eric can get some get some time with it, and maybe even me and Corey will have played it at that point. So uh, that's coming, at least the single player. Anyway, that's that, that's what I think we're going to play, right? Oh yeah. Okay, uh, so let's get started with the letter D. Uh, I will go first. Uh, my first category uh, is Dreamcast. This is of course Sega's last video game system. Uh, it's Sega's entry into the sixth generation of consoles. It was the first of the sixth generation ahead of the PS2, GameCube, and original Xbox. Uh, and Sega wanted to cut costs of the Dreamcast. Uh, they used more off-the-shelf components instead of the highly specialized hardware that they used, uh, which was obviously quite a bit more expensive. Uh, and that's what they used in the unsuccessful Sega Saturn. I don't know if you guys remember the Sega Saturn. CDs, I, right? Yep. Not. Yeah, uh, my wife actually had one way back in the day, so, uh, Sega Saturn, and I, I think it was one of those systems that just didn't have a lot of games for it, if I remember correctly, because uh, just it was very unsuccessful system because of its high cost. So uh, it launched in September ninth, nineteen ninety nine, in North America for one hundred ninety nine bucks. That wow. seemed really low. Wow! Yeah. To me. Um. Because, you know, uh, that I mean, I guess that was more money back then, but still, you know, I, I feel like game consoles were just ridiculously expensive back in the day, you know? So I was surprised so, to see 199 bucks. When you said that, Dan, I remembered a Kotaku article from mm -hmm. last year or maybe a couple of years ago that did the console prices adjusted for inflation. Yeah, and wasn't Dreamcast one of the lowest ones? No, that's what I'm trying to find out. I think so. 
or close to it if it wasn't the low. It might have been Wii U might have been the lowest adjusted uh, for inflation because that like was only 250 when it came out, right? Looks like it is a Dreamcast adjusted for inflation, two hundred and seventy-two dollars. Okay. Oh, GameCube wins at two fifty-nine. Oh, really? Yes. Original price was two hundred dollars in two thousand one. Wow. That's Good crazy. Yeah. God bless the GameCube. Yeah, it was a great, great system. Uh, so, despite a successful launch where they shipped a good amount of systems, lack of third-party support. We talked about that with the Wii U, uh, particularly EA and SquareSoft, apparently. Uh, and hype for the PS2, and there was also internal calls for Sega to abandon its console business. Does that sound familiar? Sound like mm-hmm. modern-day Nintendo? Although Sega doesn't sit on a pile of money like Nintendo does. So True. That's true. Uh, and then in January 31st, 2001, Sega announced discontinuation of the Dreamcast after March 31st and the restructuring of the company as a platform-agnostic third-party developer, <clears throat> which we know today uh software uh, sega does a lot especially strategy games they do they do a lot of so uh but the sega dreamcast had sold 9.13 million units worldwide but was hailed by journalists and industry people as being ahead of its time uh the first console to include a modem for online play with users around the world in-game voice chat downloadable content and a second screen technology through the use of the vmu you could plug little things into the top of the controller um different different screens or, or what have you so it's a was, little bit ahead of its time was this the console that like they just announced that they had and then said it's coming out like tomorrow i don't know i don't think so or is that the gen someone i don't know someone um a couple of years ago wanted sega to be the one to announce a console a new sega console uh-huh. And say it's on sale like a week from now, and price it at two, I, and price it at two hundred bucks. That was that was someone's like not. I don't even know if it was a prediction, but it was it was something someone wanted, and I I think I read that on a like a message board or so. Maybe read it because I know I heard that story on Giant Bomb when they said oh, uh, maybe. that it they like a console was announced at E three or something like that or a big convention and they said like oh out today or something like that yeah i don't know i didn't see that anywhere uh, on the on the information that i read yeah, about the it must dreamcast. not be the dreamcast then let's see in the year 2000 where was i in my gaming phase everquest i was in 10th grade so i think we had probably had just started everquest at that point it was either 2000 99 Yeah. Well, I I want to say. say I want to say it was summer of 2000 when I got into Everquest or, or maybe like late spring. Okay. Uh, because I I was able to drive. I had my license because I drove to uh un- the local Unicorn Electronics um to get a graphics card mm-hmm. that could run Everquest. It was a ATI 8 megabyte graphics card awesome yeah <laughs> i wish i could remember what the name of it was but i just know it was a ati and it was uh uh eight megabytes of video ram i wonder if the needham still have that computer yeah we gave that to them didn't, didn't we when we got our new computer when we got our dell yeah so jerry could play games on it that's right but then i we i remember we ended up smashing it with a hammer mm-hmm. later on like years after that sure. Uh, for a class video of his. Uh, okay. Well, I remember I built Jared a computer. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Okay. For to play, I think it was to play EverQuest two on. Actually. <laughs> so yeah, that's Dreamcast. So how did Dreamcast go from being that to like the hipster console? Um, like you said, just from what you said, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, it was a little ahead of its time. It it was was cheap, but also had like a lot of really good games. A lot of cult. It had a, a good cult following, and a lot of people th- say that because it kind of had a tragic death, and that's an easy way into a cult, having a cult following. Yeah. Um, but it like towards the end of its life, like it started selling for a hundred bucks, and then you could get it for eighty bucks, and then like at the very end of its life, when it was almost out of retail, it was uh, forty nine ninety nine. So. Wow. You know, you could pick up that and and get uh, the you know some of the great great games for it and have a have a good console i feel like someone came out with a dreamcast game not that long ago yep i was just thinking that they did um, definitely i don't it, it was an indie game you know something with average graphics or whatever um that just came out that they had a, a dream you know a dreamcast copy that you could just play in your dreamcast which is awesome i love when developers do stuff like that i can't remember what it was i was gonna look it up but i just didn't have the time apparently the indie homebrew scene for dreamcast is pretty big oh really yeah nice i would love yeah, to I mean, have a dreamcast people are doing that nowadays like uh putting out nes cartridges for yep. games as promotional items yeah just some some uh not Re- nostalgia but what's the word there Re- novelty for that kind of stuff yeah retro city rampage released their game on uh like floppy disks yeah which is funny <laughs> so yep that's my first D. Will, what do you got? My first D is actually the game we're supposed to cover today. Doom. Doom. <laughs> um, I saw you grinning when Dan said we were going to cover Doom, and I was going to say, Will, did you pick Doom as your D word? I was yep. going to pick Doom, too, because it was, <laughs> I thought it was fitting, but I was like, "That's eh, uh, maybe someone else will get it. Uh, I, I thought I it was funny that, that we were supposed to cover <laughs> this game, and then subsequently didn't have enough time to so i thought i'd give it a little quick uh rundown it is being developed well was developed by id software or id software mm-hmm. are you talking uh, about doom 2016 or doom 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 2016 doom. Oh, okay uh and published by bethesda softworks now this is a reboot of the doom series and the first major installment in the series since the release of doom 3 in 2004 and this is the fourth title in the main series of games and uh, this was under development as Doom 4, starting all the way back in 2008. But the game underwent a long development cycle, obviously, with different builds and designs. And then it got brought back to light again in 2011, and it was revealed to be Doom 2000, or 2014. Um, it was in development shortly after Wolfenstein The New Order 2 got finished up which is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. And they showed the full gameplay in E3 2015. So there's some interesting information on Doom. Yeah. Now, none of us were ever really Doom players. I, I know our first-person shooter that we played when we were younger was uh, Unreal Tournament and then mm-hmm. the Call of Duty game, or Medal of Honor games. Uh-huh. Um, but I did my one experience with Doom was on the 32X Sega 32X, the console version. Nice. It was the I don't know if you remember the 32X, but our I didn't own we didn't own one, but our, our my friend Graham did, 
and it plugged into that actual Sega Genesis system. It was another, like, I don't know if it was like an expansion thing, but yeah, the, the game he got for it was, was Doom. So that was my, my experience with Doom. It was probably pretty hard, right? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember being very good at it. Yeah. Uh, but th- at that time, like, I don't, there wasn't first person shooters really, you know, that were, especially console ones. I don't remember even how it controlled. I have a quick question about you guys on Doom, the yeah. new one. Didn't it seem like people who had played it or whatever, like, weren't all that big on it, and then all of a sudden it came out and everybody loved it? It was it the was multiplayer. Multiplayer. Okay. Everyone loves the campaign, but the, they weren't big on the multiplayer. Even, like, leading up to the game, I just don't remember there being so much hype and everybody being like, oh, I can't wait for Doom. Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. Nobody yeah. nobody really knew what it was, you know, and then we had the only experience people really had with it was the multiplayer mm-hmm. and it wasn't that good. Yeah. And they didn't send out review copies, which was another It's always a red flag. Yep. Yeah. Um and and not to mention the long development process, you know, being handed off multiple times. Yeah, uh, dying and coming back, and I mean that's not always a good sign. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and here we are. Here it's we are. being praised by everybody. IGN actually it. gave it the lowest that I can see on this Wikipedia. What was it? Uh, seven point one out of ten. Oh, and, and that's rest, respectable. Yeah, and the rest are eight and above. IGN lowballs anymore, don't they? They're overcompensating for yeah. people complaining that they give stuff. The high scores. That was the joke. <laughs> a, me- a mediocre game. Nine out of ten. Yep. It's like uh, when the new Pokemon, uh, the remakes for Ruby and Sapphire came out. They gave it a seven point nine, and in the cons, one of the only cons was there's too much water. <laughs> like, because if you go on Reddit, if you ever see the comment seven out- or seven point nine out of ten, too much water, that's in reference to that. Nice. Yeah. Because Dev Ritter is like, how can you? review it that way <laughs> yeah well there's a little bit of a controversy I, I i actually meant to bring this up a couple a couple weeks ago when it came out but uh was it was it polygon that reviewed doom um and whoever reviewed it was like apparently god awful at doom uh and a lot of people said you know what what is the benefit of someone who loves doom reading a review by someone who not just didn't play doom before, but was awful at it. Like that's probably not a good thing. You Wait, know? you're going to have to rephrase that. Cause I lost you. Yeah. The, there was a controversy because the, the, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was polygon. The, the reviewer was terrible at, doom. Uh-huh. um, just not good at it. T- yeah. Just terrible. No, no okay. experience with doom bad at it. Um, and, and a, a lot of people complained that what good is a reviewer if they're not, at least uh, have a pass, you know, like a, a decent ability uh, at the game that they're going to play. Like, how, how is that beneficial to uh, maybe someone that plays a lot of first-person shooters or someone that's a, a Doom fan? You know, I they're, don't they're, think... they're not going to be able to pick up on the nuances of a first-person shooter or the nuances of Doom, uh, where someone who at least is is okay at the game, you know, is has a passable ability, um, would 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 do a lot better reviewing the game. I... I don't think that makes you any more or less uh, credible in your review 
And that's why I think people need to read the reviews. And hopefully yeah. that person that reviewed the game acknowledged that yeah, from the get-go. That, that I'm terrible and... I'm terrible and I've never played Doom and this is my review. Yeah. And you can, if you want, immediately invalidate them and not read their review. Sure. But I don't know. I, I think each game should be able to stand on its own. And if you have played Doom before and you're rewarded for that for Easter eggs and stuff like that, then that's only a boon. But yeah. I think every game should stand on its own and shouldn't just stand on its uh, laurels. Well, right, right, but I mean, but like, how I mean, how would you feel if if someone who isn't familiar with your specific genre played your game, missed out on a lot of maybe uh, maybe the stuff that you you specifically would be looking for? Like, I, I know I, I see your point. I'm just kind of trying to play devil's advocate here. Uh, um, I would read a different review too. Well, yeah, sure. You definitely yeah. shouldn't just take one review. Uh, into account if if you're not sure on a game you should read multiple reviews or find a reviewer that likes games about the same amount as you you know yeah find somebody who plays similar games and you tend to agree with uh on on games for your reviews um if that's what you're looking for in a review if you're looking for somebody to find the games that you like for you then that's what you want to do but um i like to find the criticisms of the games too that i'm gonna play and and see if i feel the same way yeah but no i i I just feel like you know each game should stand on its own and uh if your game is a genre that they've never played before then hopefully your game introduces them to that genre or gives them an opportunity to uh feel their way through that genre yeah without require without asking too much from the player sure I what if you get into the type of situation where the the person reviewing the game doesn't even like the genre? Then I think if you're as the l- editor as in long chief as... of Polygon and you pick that person to do that review, That's then on you've you. probably made a mistake. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because and I still don't feel like their review is incredible, but then you're alienating your fan base. Yeah. Sure. Because I'm sure a lot of people do. It's... You know, they're not if they're passionate about the game, they're not going to want to read a review from somebody who's never played that type of game before. Sure. It's Arthur Geis, by the way. Oh, was it? Yeah. I was no, never a big fan of his, anyway. <laughs> Same here. Hey, I mean, I, uh, Ben Kuchera, though, is the worst on there. Just the worst. I, To be honest, I don't like a lot of the Polygon writers. That's I, don't why mind, I don't go there anymore. I don't mind any of the other people, it's, but Ben Kuchera specifically is... Ugh. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you find yourself hate-reading his articles? I used to. Yeah. But then he he he's one of the people the the proponents for uh Nintendo putting all like all their like jettisoning their their console business and putting everything on a on a smartphone. He's one of those. And I just I just hate that perspective more than anything. I used to hate go ahead. I I'm of the mindset that if if Nintendo wants to put their games on Nintendo only consoles, then if you want to play Nintendo games, then you have to buy the consoles. That's just how it works. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Corey. Um, just in that respect, I used to hate read Nathan Grayson's articles oh, yeah. on Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, but I started to like him quite a bit. Yeah. And I think he finds some – he does the Steamed, Steamed channel. yep. Uh, I think I, he gives up some interesting games. and I think his stuff is better since they opened that Steamed thing on Kotaku. Yeah. And that's um, why Steven Totillo is the it's, best. It's very – you know, it's, it's specific. Yep. You know. He knows what he's doing over sure. there. Okay. But anyway. That was Doom. Tangent. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Corey. I played Doom or Castle Wolfenstein or some combination of the two, but I just can't remember. Yeah. They're similar games. Yeah. The originals. Mm-hmm. 
but that's all I got. Similar looking, at least. I don't. I. I'm not familiar enough with the series to say one way or the other. You know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Corey D. Oh, I don't have anything. Nothing. I told you that. Oh, I, thought I had you're... zero time to prepare. I thought I thought no, you just had very little. No, that's I right. have zippo okay. nil. All right, well, I'll move on to my next one, which is uh, Destructoid. Uh, Destructoid happens to be my favorite of the the gaming sites, uh, specifically for entertainment value. Uh, I always uh, get a kick out of their stuff. They always have an interesting uh, photo for for whatever uh, it, funny photo, funny Photoshop stuff uh, for for their picture for their for their blogs. Um, yeah, it's a Webby Award-winning independent video game-focused blog founded in March 2006 by Yanir Gonzalez. Uh, I did not get to finish my notes. Um, I wanted to kind of take a history of Destructoid, but uh, apparently they were one of the first to get into gaming charity events. Uh, they started uh, very early with the um, raising money for, for um, uh, like, Children's Cancer Foundation type of stuff. I don't know if they were like the precursor to the extra life or not. If if that kind of if their charity work led into extra life or not, I have no idea. Um, but they were they were one of the first to start doing charity events. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably my favorite gaming site. Uh, the I, I don't know if you've ever read any of their faux exclusive uh, articles. They're usually posted on the weekend, maybe Sunday night. Um, and some of them are like ridiculous, but also ridiculous like they seem like they could be real, you know, with, with their, their fake, their fake news stuff. It's really good. <laughs> uh, also I like, really like their reviewers. I tend to agree the most with this destructoid reviewer, specifically Chris Carter. He usually is, is pretty close to what I feel yeah. about games. Um, so that's uh, like we talked he's, about he's, in the last segment. It's very helpful to have a reviewer that you can, you can kind of count on to feel about the same way you do about games. Go ahead, Will. I was gonna say, Dan, when you were talking about that, um, that Chris Carter is literally the one reviewer that I usually take what he says, and because I agree usually with what he says so often, that yeah. like whatever he says, I kind of go with him. Sure, it's very helpful. So that's yep. my only other D. He also reviews so many games. He does review a lot of games. Will D. Taryn, huh? What? What? Uh, you guys, you guys are lagging really bad. Yeah, I think it's me. I think it's you. <laughs> All I heard was turn, huh? Yep, your turn. Well, my turn, huh? Yes. Oh, your okay. Turn. Well, okay. So my next game was Dangerous Girl or Dangerous High School Girls in Trouble. Um, and I went no further than that because I didn't want that in my search history. Oh, okay. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> what well, system? Oh God, what? I can't even. Yeah, I can hear myself my... echoing in your headset. Will. Yeah, this is bad. I can't even. Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to watch a little bit of the Dangerous High School Girls in Trouble gameplay in the chat. In chat. Is there gameplay video, a gameplay of it on YouTube? Yep. What system does it look like it was for? PC. It looks like a point and click. Oh, like a, like one of those anime games type type of thing? Mm, it's a little bit more uh, like Renaissance Victorian style. Oh. 
Uh, pick out the girl who will be queen of your gang. Huh. And they're ranked by popularity, rebellion level, savvy level, glamour level. This game actually looks kind of cool. Will might have found a hidden gem. <laughs> this video only has 2,000 views on YouTube, so maybe it's either from a, a smaller channel or just nobody knows about this game. Yeah. Could be either or. I'll skip ahead a little bit and just see what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's definitely like a point and click. Yeah. So ho- <laughs> hopefully, too, we'll do a, a better job covering E than we did D. Well, that's but, why we do these episodes, right? They're just fillers. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we at least had a couple things to talk about. and It won't be so last minute, too, hopefully. No, no. This We could change the name of this epi- episode to Nothing Special. D <laughs> D half? <laughs> or D D episode one. We could do D episode two. D part one. D part one, yeah. So okay. Uh nibble bits. Am I the only one nibble bits? I don't I have got anything. one. One, okay. Uh so I will go first. My first nibble bit. Gog.com announced today uh their new feature called Gog Connect, which will allow its users to link their Steam accounts with their GOG account, so you can get DRM-free versions of some of your Steam games. Uh, right now, there's only a limited amount of titles. Apparently, um, they're going to be adding more, and it's going to be different. Like, they'll have some on sometime, and then they'll take them off. Like, that's the impression that I got. Um, but for right now, uh, your Steam games that you can transfer over to GOG are The Witness, FTL, The Witcher, Enhanced, Saints Row 2, To the Moon, and uh, various others. I think I saw Mountain Blade on there. Um, so did you say the witness, the witness? Yep. yep. I'm just looking at the list right now. Yeah. Um, is this stuff that's already on GOG? Yes. These games okay. are already on GOG. And I think that's why, um, I, it's not all of them obviously because, uh, the Witcher two and three are obviously both on steam and GOG. And I can imagine, like I said, it seemed like it was going to be like a, a rotation that they were going to do, uh, where you could have your, I don't know, maybe if you download them, then you just get to keep them on your computer. That's what mm-hmm. it seems like to me. So that's cool. Uh, I like that. I'm more likely to use the service if it connects in some way to Steam. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's nice to have DRM-free versions of uh, games that you bought. Sure. And for at no extra charge. You sure. Know? Now you can have it forever. Yeah, absolutely. So even if uh, Steam ends up closing its doors 100 years from now, uh, you're... you're you, Yes. I wonder if you'll Good. be able to pass on your your Steam library to your children. You know, uh, I don't see why not. Just give them the password. Give them the password. Yeah, as long <laughs> as long as Steam is still around in some ver- some form or another. I think uh, Steam will have a solution. They claim they do. Sure, but that doesn't mean they do. Right. Uh, technically, you're renting all your games. Yeah, but that's that's really interesting. Do you think this is uh is this gog's attempt to uh what's the word do you think this is an attempt at gog to take a little bit of the market share from steam or do you think this is just like or something different here's a nice feature Uh, yeah i i don't feel like they're trying to subvert steam like like origin or uplay are trying to do Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they just want to exist in addition to and maybe give you more options Mm -hmm. uh than steam Kind of a you know a sidekick, mm-hmm. I guess. That's so what, what, do, I what do you what do you think this says on the like developer side, publisher side? Do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, 
good old games. Are they good old games still, or are they just GOG? I think it's still G-O-G. good. I think it's good old games, yeah, but I okay. mean, everyone just says GOG. Uh, what do you think that says about their relationship with publishers? Because obviously they have to strike these kind of deals yeah. with the publishers. Do you think this is like... Do you think this is a harbinger of like publishers going DRM free, or it's just like publishers saying, "Okay, we've got these older games that people like. We're not making much money off of them anymore. Just make them DRM free. Make us look good." It's tough to say. Like I know CD Projekt Red is really trying to champion the DRM free thing, so maybe that's their way of saying, "Look, this is not a bad thing," you know. Uh, DRM free is, is not bad. You're not gonna you're not gonna discourage pirates by having super strict DRM on your on your games. You know people are still gonna figure out a way around it. Just offer it to them for free. You might win some goodwill. Yeah. You know. So I think I think they're trying to be the leader and trying to get other people to be like you know because it a- adds that much more complexity to like the coding and all that stuff and mm-hmm. and online connectivity like. It's pr- it's probably ends up being more costly that you know to, to do all that stuff than just to not even worry about it you know. Yeah, but at the same rate, you make a game DRM free, it shows up on the Pirate Bay ten minutes after its release, <laughs> and everybody can download it. Well, sure, but as opposed to like maybe twenty four hours after release, like it's true. Yeah, good point. It's, not, it's probably not a huge difference. Some people like can download Steam games, you know, how they do the preloading and crack them at that point and have them up before the game even launches. So. Yep. And then there's a crack up after the game launches. Yeah. So. So there's that. That's my first nibble bit. My second one is AMD today announced its Radeon RX 480 graphics card, uh, which is supposedly VR capable with the low price point of $200. The official launch date is set to be June 29th. Uh, Eric actually texted me this morning asking me about it. Uh, and I told him uh, to wait for benchmarks before, before. I mean, it's not coming out for like a month or till the end of this month. But uh, once I see some benchmarks and, and uh, some of that stuff, like, uh, you know, performance or frames per second tests and stuff on different games i can give a recommendation or not but apparently the people the people i think it was pc gamer said it, uh the, from what it looks like reading all the specs and stuff it seems like it's going to be twice as powerful as the gtx 760 which is a card eric eric has in his computer right now so um it's going to double the power for 200 bucks that's that's pretty good mm-hmm. um and will asked me if it's going to be better than our we have GTX 970s, um, and which, which I don't know, uh, but it won't be like I, I told Will. If it is better, it's not going to be like significantly better. You know, it'll yeah. be just it Still won't though, it, it won't mean, be a huge jump. I you guess. walk into not that people do this, but you walk into a hardware store and and see the new AMD versus the new Nvidia, mm-hmm. which is a hundred dollars more. Yeah. I know they're not comparable. I, I think the, the even the three hundred dollar Nvidia is much cheaper, right, or much more powerful, right? It's hard to tell until benchmarks come out. Yeah, like you, you don't know until they're compared directly with each other. That all, it, that information will all be available, like probably within the next couple of weeks. Right. So, but if I mean, if they are comparable, or even if, if the or, Nvidia is a little bit more powerful. Yeah, I mean, even if they're close, like the the two hundred dollar AMD graphics card is a great deal. Yeah. Uh, one one of the concerns with AMD is they tend to have higher power requirements than the NVIDIA card. So that's that's a concern for people uh, who who are on a budget, 
Um, you know, if you don't have to add a new power supply into your computer, that's great. And the, I know the 1070 GTX 1070 and 1080 both have really low power draw. So if this one also has a low power draw, it's a pretty good deal. The AMD card. So I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, cause I'm really the into predictions it. that AMD was done. Everyone says that I mean, it's, it's, it's the same predictions that Nintendo's done. You know, they'll. They'll find a way, I'm sure. They're yeah. the ones that always make the console graphics chips, usually. Because so. I think it's cheaper. Yeah, well, Gener- they're, they're, definitely, they're definitely cheaper. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, good I've, stuff. I've liked my AMD card. Yeah, it's done me well. still rocking your 7950. Doesn't owe me anything. Nope. But I'll be upgrading this year at yeah. some point. Yeah. No, I would wait. I mean, if like I said, if this one's even close to, like, the 1070 even, you just buy that and... Save hundred bucks. Save hundred bucks. Almost two hundred because the GTX ten seventies are supposed to be almost four hundred. Oh, like I thought th- they were three. No, three fifty to three eighty. Uh, and yeah. the other one's the six hundred dollar one, right? Yeah. Uh, the the dollar amount, like the the ten sixty, it's not been announced yet, but that'll be about two hundred dollars too. So that's the they'll be in direct competition with each other to see which ones what which one's more powerful. Uh, but this I one's go AMD anyway. supposedly uh, <laughs> this one's supposedly VR capable too, so you're definitely getting power. Yeah, at the low price point of two hundred bucks. Good. I yeah. always like to root for the underdog. Yeah, and a lot of times, like Nvidia people have animosity to AMD people. It's the same, you know, the PS4 versus Xbox One fanboy fanboy wars type of thing. But I have no ill will against AMD. It's I like to see competition with each other because that makes better products. So better products, better prices. So I want them to fight tooth and nail, you know? Yep. So that's my little bits. Will, what do you got? I got one. Uh, Harvest Moon Skytree Village announced for the 3DS. Uh, there's no word on a release date for it yet, but there will be an E3 playable demo coming Very um, nice. i'm interested to see how this game because the last uh harvest moon was pretty bad <laughs> on the 3ds and with the success of story of seasons and stardew valley i'd be kind of interested to see what uh what skytree village has to offer if anything different at all yeah my guess is not yeah i would probably agree Same with old. that I mean, I, I feel like harvest moon has been bad long enough that the people there just don't really know what they're What's doing. going on, and and I don't know if it's just uh, laziness, you know, with, with without a, a true competitor. Although now they have that, or uh, or what, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see anything too different. Stardew Valley is going to be hard to top because it was fifteen bucks. Like yeah, for I, I spent seven I spent seventy seven hours with Stardew Valley for fifteen bucks. Like the the value there is is unbelievable and. Uh, yeah, if they could figure out a way to put Stardew Valley on the 3DS, that would be amazing. It will be. I would replay it in a heartbeat. It will be. Yeah. Don't worry about that. That game's going everywhere. Yeah, good. It should. It should. It, yeah. It's good stuff. Well, I typed in Harvest Moon Skytree Village into YouTube, and the first hit was how to unlock Skytree and find the Harvest God uh, in Harvest Moon Seed of Memories. So it seems like it was a... An, an unlockable area f- from a previous game. Okay. 
So this is like a persistent world, I guess? Maybe. Whoa. That's pretty deep for Harvest Moon. Maybe. Or maybe maybe Sky Tree is just a certain type of tree. A tree in the sky? Is yeah. the new Harvest Moon in the sky? Yeah. That, you saying that just made me want to play Terraria so bad. <laughs> Those little floating <laughs> islands. Yeah. Yep, that part was so cool. That's my only nibble bit, so... Okay. Let me just quickly uh, read the top articles from the week. Uh, we got the new No Man's Sky date. Yeah. Did we talk about that? No, but I did want to mention... Well, I don't know if I should bring this up, but the death threats? What's up with that? <laughs> oh, come on, Dan. That's standard operating procedure. I know, but yeah. really come people on, have man. to stop with kill that. You. People have to stop with that. Let's Let's grow up a little bit. It'll never stop. I know. It's one of those things we got to live with. Well, I, like, I don't understand it, but, like, you, the developer, like, that's one thing. But the guy who, like, posted the rumor that it might be happening, like, he, he got death threats, really? Come on. <laughs> Let's not do that, Internet, please. It's, it's, Man, it's, it's, it's really here. getting old. It really is. No, I think Just we'll get to the it. point where uh, the social media stuff, uh, services will curtail that by cracking down on it. Yeah, law, getting law enforcement involved and stuff, and having procedures in place to take care of that stuff pretty quick. Yeah, the, and you know, it's it's getting to the point where it's it's disruptive enough. You know, it, it's almost like uh, the DDoS people. They need to make an example of a few of them, and hopefully it gets the message across that you just don't go on Twitter and tell someone you're going to kill them. It's just yeah, grow up. Yep. But anyway. Uh, the date is August 9th, which isn't too far. Two months, about. Yeah, that was... I, I, is that the official date? Yeah. The, okay, from the, from the developer from Hello Games? Yes. Okay. According to Sean Murray, who posted on the PlayStation blog, good. That'll get delayed again. Uh, in North America, August twelfth, uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? A, isn't he a British dude? Yeah, it's a UK studio. It's coming out in his home country three days after us shitty North Americans. Uh, maybe it's a sales thing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's a lot more people here <laughs> between the US and uh, and Canada. Uh, just quickly reading through these, PS4 has now sold more than thirty or forty million units. Sony says, "Yeah, so that's good. That's it for big news. Cool. Yeah. Oh, isn't there supposed to? Did we we talked about the Xbox stuff last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it. Okay. How's your week, Corey? Uh, long." Um, I mentioned at the top of the episode that I've literally been going nonstop since last week when we yeah. recorded, and, and ain't that the truth? We had a wedding that Dan and I were both in this weekend, mm-hmm. and that consumed all of Saturday, Sunday, and for me, most of Monday. Uh, it was fun. Very fun. But very exhausting. Yeah. It was for our cousin Chris, who's been on this podcast a couple times. He has, yeah. Anyone, Skyrim, remembers. I think he was on for our Skyrim yeah. episode. Way back when, was it? No, it wasn't Skyrim. We had Justin on for Skyrim, I think. 
Yeah, you're right. It wasn't Skyrim. Star Wars Galaxies. Galaxies. It was our marathon episode. Farewell, Star Wars Galaxies. Yep. Was that the marathon episode? Yeah. Four and a half hours or whatever? I think it was close to five. Yeah. And he was on our 100th episode, too, I'm pretty sure. Briefly. Yeah, he's he's been on a few. But he got hitched up near me, which made it very convenient. Yeah. Uh, The wedding, I didn't even have to leave my apartment. I stayed there all weekend. Uh, The wedding was about 10 minutes from my apartment. And the, all the rehearsal stuff was right up the street, uh, two-minute walk mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it was really convenient for me. And for that, uh, it made the wedding stuff – I could focus more on the fun and not on the logistics. Yes. That was – I totally nice. agree with that. Yeah. And I was able to have Dan stay and, and my parents. So Yep. Uh, Sunday morning, we should talk about – that's something we haven't done. Uh, Sunday morning, the, the groom – uh, before the wedding, wanted to do some uh, clay pigeon shooting or skeet shooting. Is that what it's called? I don't know if it's skeet or clay pigeon. They were calling them birds. Yeah. I don't know. What's a skeet? I, I, just, I just have heard that thrown <laughs> around at times. I don't know specifically what it's called. But we were shooting clay pigeons, uh, basically. Uh, that we was, were shooting biodegradable discs. Yep, yeah, that, that flung from underneath our deck that we were standing on. Uh, which was a blast. I had only ever shot a gun once in my life before. Uh, so it was my second time. And it was the first time, like, shooting any, at anything uh, moving. I had only shot, like, a like a soda bottle before and with a twenty two. So it's not exactly the same experience. But um, my, my very first one I actually hit, and then I missed a lot for the next probably – I don't know, 12 or 15 shots. But then towards the end of it, I started to uh, I started to get the hang of it and uh, started to pretty consistently uh, blow up the blow up the clay pigeon. So, but it was it was a, so much fun. And there was only a couple that, a couple people there that had actually like done significant amount of shooting before. The rest of us were all kind of noobs. One of them uh, so being a police officer. One was a police officer, one was a, a seasoned hunter. So, <clears throat> those guys were were both really good and uh, one of our cousins was kind of a natural. Uh, John <clears throat> was was really good uh, right off the bat. He, I guess, he had shot some guns before, but nothing really like that. But it's kind of interesting to see the difference between the cop and the hunter shooting. I don't know if you're paying attention to that. A little the bit. Way they yeah. shot the discs. Sure. Is the the cop was much more uh, tactical in his stance, and he took a little bit longer and was I felt like he was much more careful uh and the hunter was just like pull bang pull bang like yeah. very he looked he looked more uh fluid more comfortable more fluid more comfortable um i don't know i just i just thought that w- that was interesting and yeah. the, the difference in shooting style like between somebody who's trained to yep. shoot and somebody who's done it as sport their yep. whole life yeah yeah i did notice some of those differences it was very interesting to watch it was and i tried to take a combination of the two uh, the first time I shot, very nervous. Yeah, yeah. I had shot handguns before, but never a shotgun. Yeah, it was a 12-gauge uh, for those ones. a rifle, for that matter. Uh, just handguns and, you know, not sanctioned in any way and uh, probably illegal in, in a lot of different ways. But uh, I was really nervous, and I even had a hard time loading it. Like, it wasn't like sh- I was shaking, but my fingers just didn't work. I Like, I had zero dexterity. And I was, like, trying to fist in the shells into the gun. Oh, someone debuffed you. Yeah, and I, I like, kind of asked for help the first couple times just because I couldn't do it. 
Uh, and then even firing it, like, it was just, it was hard to pull the trigger and look down the sight at, like, aim at the same time. And it was all adrenaline and nerves. Uh, but after the first couple times, I, I settled down quite a bit and I was, I was nailing them mm-hmm. uh, pretty consistently after that. But it just made me think, like, people that have to shoot guns in war, like, yeah. when their life is on the line. No, oh, thank my you. God. No, thank you. Whew. Like, doing anything when your life is on the line, it, it, I would not be good at it. It gives you a newfound respect for, for our, our men and women in uniform who have, oh who have to put up God. with all that stuff. Well, and I think it takes a certain personality type. <clears throat> sure. And, like, Some, going back to one the that hunter I don't have. and the cop, like, those are the kind of guys you want yeah. next to you in the foxhole, yeah. personality-wise. Yeah, yeah. You know, fearless. Uh, and I think that shows in their uh, career choice yeah. and, you know, sport choice. Um, I'm happy pushing the button that yeah. shoots the discs. That was, yep. that was the most fun. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it was, it was a good time, and we had some nasty storms. Oh, so. yeah. They, we had to give up twice because of nasty storms that passed through uh-huh. when we were shooting. I recommend it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, if you haven't done it, it's a blast. It's a good way to hang out. Yeah. And we were told we could drink beers before <laughs> and after, just yeah, not, not during. Not during, yep. <laughs> As if it makes a difference. Uh. Yep. America. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Anything else, Corey? Uh, I don't think so. Game of Thrones? Some interesting things. I don't think nothing too mind blowing. Yeah, happened there. I thought the the Marjorie thing. Yeah. If we're gonna, we'll, is there enough to do a little spoiler after? Or no. Yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, yeah, this episode is probably has another half an hour, and then it'll be over. So we we can talk a little Game of Thrones afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah, there are some interesting things, but if uh, we'll do our our spoiler cast afterwards. Sure. Uh, after the credits, so mm-hmm. stay tuned if, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Will, what do you got? Yeah, I was at the same wedding as you guys, but uh, since I wasn't in the wedding party, I got a little bit of a different perspective uh, during it, and I actually periscoped, again, which is against the rules, come to find out, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the entire ceremony, which... That's where it was against the rules. I guess you weren't supposed to use your phone. Turns out they didn't care yeah, no. uh, at all. So I periscoped the, that, and then I periscoped the introductions to the uh, wedding party, and then I periscoped the speeches that happened. So, And I did it because Eric expressed interest in watching live, and our sister Allison, who you know, couldn't come to the wedding and was upset that she couldn't be there, because uh, she lives all the way out in Canada. Western uh, Canada. I did, yeah, Western Canada, Alberta. So, like, I live-streamed it for her so her and, you know, Neil could watch it. Uh, so I brought the wedding to some different people. Nice. Who weren't able to attend, which was kind of fun. I enjoyed periscoping. I tried to be a little entertaining with some people, but once the ceremony started, I couldn't, like, do commentary because I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. No. Definitely ruining not. it and everything by trying to be funny. Huh? What's nice about Periscope is that randos tune in. 
Oh, during the ceremony, I had six people watching at once. <laughs> I knew none of them. What the heck yeah, is I going did. on here? And like, part like because it was start about to storm. Yeah. During the ceremony, uh, and I forgot who it was, but had the radar on his phone, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and I looked at it. And I took the camera to it and looked at the radar with the periscope going, so you got to see what the radar looked like, and it was, like, yellow and, and red. There was a little purple in the radar at one point. Yeah, yep. it was pretty nasty. There was a hellish downpour shortly after the after the uh, ceremony finished, because it was outside. Yeah. I pretty much sprinted <sighs> stiff-armed children and women out of the way to get sure mm-hmm. for my well, safety. When it comes to your life, Will, you can't be too careful. Exactly. I gotta, I gotta be ready. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. I uh, enjoy being at weddings uh, completely sober because it's entertaining to see how everybody else is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, you were hilarious. I was pretty bombed. Yeah. Yep. We talked Overwatch for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Did a lot of get gaming gaming talk. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> it's nice to find find those people like that you've never talked to before and, and have a conversation about games. I had yeah. a com- conversation with someone about uh, the Scandinavian countries at one point. That was fun. Cousin? Yeah. Our cousin? No, it was someone I didn't know. Huh. It was That's uh, always fun. one of one of Chris, Chris's our cousin Chris's friends. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how the. I think the subject got breached or got. You know, we talked about Scandinavia because of one of our cousin's wives. Her family's from Norway, so mm-hmm. um, and I have a friend who lives in Finland now. So, and I met you know her boyfriend, who was from Finland, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. Those are the, that's one of the countries uh, we got to move to. Take this podcast to Finland. Yeah, I've heard good things about I'll Finland. Open a Finland studio. Yep. So. But it, it was just fun to uh, just be in the same place with all, like, the cousins that I haven't seen in, I don't know, five years probably. Sure. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun wedding. Uh, a lot of fun to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. I've okay. just been working and trying to get as much video games in as I can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I only have one other thing to talk about. Uh, covered Game of Thrones, covered the wedding. Uh, we figured out the gender <gasps> of her baby. Mm. We're having a boy. Oh, boy. And we're having a boy. Oh, shut up. Yep. <laughs> we are, are having kidding? twins. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's awesome. So, yeah, we were, I mean, everyone was asking us, like, at the wedding, like, oh, you know, your third's going to be on the way. You're going to have a fourth. I was like, no. Nah. Nope. <laughs> no, we'll be good after three. I think that's enough. And sure enough, we're going to have four kids. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you guys excited or are you oh, freaking yeah. out a little bit? Uh, a little bit of both. We're, we're excited for it. But, you know, our house is, is small. It's small for four of us, and there's going to be six of us in here before too long. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I know the names of one of them if your conversation with your wife that I was privy to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're going to settle on that that name, but we're uh, going to need two now. And boy names were were the harder ones to come up with. So okay, all right, I can keep yeah. a secret. Yeah, if you do want to go with that one, you discussed. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, but like, because my, my wife, she went to the ultrasound appointment and she texted me. She's like, you know, uh, do you want 
because she was going to do the, the the balloons in a in a like a plastic bag for the or a balloon or you know balloons I guess uh, in a plastic bag and she's like do you want our members of our family here and I was like that's I mean that's kind of weird because she had just mentioned how you know it's fine if it's just you know just the the four of us to to figure it out so I was like hmm, I wonder if there's more <laughs> than one but then I was like if it's a boy and a girl. Jamie and Cersei. Wow. You know what's interesting? You've but, uh no, don't do that. No, no, that. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I know. Uh you've recreated <laughs> the 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 family you grew up in. Yep. Yeah. Same lineup, just uh instead of you know, Will being born eight years later, you're just gonna have two Corys. Yep. Two Corys. That's right. Damn, yeah. so. I wanna say I vividly remember the conversation that you had where you said we're stopping after three. Yeah. I think I told that to several people at the wedding yep. on on yep. Sunday. So literally as soon as mom yelled up to me that they're having twins, I was like, oh, my God. Yep. Yep. That's really exciting. Explains a lot of things, though. I mean, my, my wife's uh, belly grew rather quickly and is rather large only halfway through. So that's that explains it. When's the due date again? It's October. I don't. She won't go that long though. It'll probably. Yeah. I would if I had to guess. If she goes like almost full term, it'll be like end of September, probably. Awesome. But yeah. if you want to give one to Sophie and I, <laughs> we'll raise it as our own, and you can tell it when it's eighteen. It could be uh, <laughs> John Snow. Yeah, exactly. Are you and Sophie ready to raise a child, there, Corey? No, <laughs> I am. Sophie's not. I'm sure she would say the opposite. Um, no, because you know me; like, I'll make it work. You know, yeah, I don't. I have no. You just kind of, you just kind of like adjust. Yeah, whatever. There's a transitional period that's tough, but you just kind of adjust. You know, so it's a good thing we got that big car. That's uh, key, uh, but we're definitely have to figure out something for the house because the house is small. <laughs> but. Uh, hope well if uh, wife gets a new job somewhere. Yeah. No, no job. No. She's, well, she's not going to look anymore because oh, could, she's uh, the doctor actually like wanted her done with work now. Oh, geez. but she's just going to finish out the school year. So no new wow. job. No new job for now. We're postponing the the search. Dang. So yeah, really hoping you guys ended up up here. We might still. I mean, she's just going to have to like look after after the 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 next two come along yeah so yeah that was that was uh, that's why i didn't have as much notes because my father-in-law was here my mother-in-law was here for that and then you know it was that's why my notes didn't get done yeah yeah so you're excused thank you Come on, next time, yes. next time I won't find out I'm having another set of twins. You know? We should make a, a master list of thumbstick athletes' excuses. Having twins is going to be one of them now. Having I twins <laughs> will be one. So yeah, that was my uh, yeah, that was my fun fun for today. Uh, do we want to take a break or do we want to keep going? What do you guys want to do? I wouldn't mind a, like a quick five minute or okay. Same. All right, so yeah, we'll take a quick break and be back with what we played and feedback in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 253 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. 
We are now in what we played. Corey, Fire Emblem. I squeezed in uh, almost two hours of Fire Emblem Birthright. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys have talked at length about it. Sure. So there's really no sense in me beating a dead horse. But my first reaction to the game was, good God, the writing is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, with like when you're... Uh, with like Elise and Xander and Leo, and like early them. on, it's like as you know, we are brothers, like that kind of stuff, and it's like, ugh. Yep. This is 2016. It's and... it's it's cheesy. I'll give you that. Oh, it's beyond cheesy. It's bad. It does get better. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it though. That's not why I play Fire Emblem. But I did sort of have the 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 thought in my head, like I remember Fire Emblem being much more mature. It gets before, there. Like, before Awakening. It gets there. It does. Yeah. I, I don't mean, like, story-wise dark. I just remember, like, the writing being much more... Uh, writing and in, in, uh, dialogue and stuff being much more dense yeah. and political and, and, and stuff. Uh, Some of the, the support conversations are like that. Okay. The, I'm guessing with two hours, you just got to the point where you branched off into the path that you wanted to choose, right? I never chose. I haven't chosen a path. Yeah, so okay, he's so you're, you're not even to the sixth tutorial. chapter. Um, yeah, that could, I could still be in the store. I just did the mission, or I'm on the mission right now. Or it's early on enough; it's not that big of a spoiler. But I turn into a dragon. Yeah, you're like a mission or two away from choosing a side. Okay. I'm playing on classic, so if a character dies, he's gone. Uh, but the normal difficulty, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Uh, I, st- I mean, I like it. It's Fire Emblem. Uh, I'm into the story, even though I think the writing is terrible. Yeah. But I like the 3D a lot. I think it's bad. It's hard to look at when it's not in 3D. Yeah. It looks very dated if it's not in 3D. Uh, and I also sort of thought to myself, like, I had a hard time playing it. I was falling asleep the entire time. It's not the kind of game you want to play when you're sleepy. Uh, at sure. least for me. But I could see how this, even though people talk about Fire Emblem and, and appreciate it, I could see why it's not a big, like, mainstream, yeah. heavy hitter, blockbuster game. I, I can't see the mass appeal for Fire Emblem. Well, the hook, uh, and I think this is the case for a lot of people, is the relationships between the characters. Right. Like... Yeah. That's but, that's what's interesting for me, and and you know changing those uh, from from game to game and getting different different children. Yeah, I just I don't see how Fire Emblem could transition from being this niche game that people really love, and I think it, I think it has kind of uh, passed niche stage. Yeah, uh, it's definitely more popular, but I never see it becoming like the next thing, you know. And I don't think it can without losing itself. Sure, uh, I guess is my point. But those are my main thoughts. Uh, uh-huh. I, I mean, it's it's more Fire Emblem. I like it. I'm probably going to play through the whole thing unless I get annoyed at something later on. Um, but yeah, it's cool. The new stuff, the Dragon Veins, that stuff's new. The like environmental interaction, right? That didn't exist. Correct. Um, the ability to support a tile away is new, right? No. No, that was in Awakening? Yes. Okay. It's not. It was not as effective in Awakening. Okay, because now you can do like double hits and stuff, right? 
Yeah, because in Awakening, what happened was you had a certain percent chance that he, the character was going to attack. Okay. So, like, when you have very low support, like, it would be, like, a 20% chance that, like, Krom would help you attack. Okay. Uh, and this one, it always uh, attacks. Okay. So I'm assuming the decision I make is whether to fight for the Hild, the Guardians, or the Nor, Nor, Norn? Nor. Nor. The Nor, right? Yep, Nor. I pick a side. Kingdom of Nor, yeah. Hoshido is Birthright, Nor Hoshido. is Conquest, and, well, you're probably not going to pick Revelations. Wait, Nor is Birthright? No. Nor is Conquest. Nor is Conquest. Oh, okay. Wait. I'm really confused. You start off in Nor no matter what. Right. I thought those were two separate games. They are, but the the first six chapters are the same no matter what what version you play. And will you have both games activated on your system? He has all three. I have all three, yeah. Oh, so you get to a certain point in the game, and that's uh... where it branches. It's it's chapter six, right? Well, where yep. where the game so... branches off into the three different paths. So if you have both of them, you're making a decision. Whereas if you just had one of them. Yeah, it's already made for you. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the thing, the menu prompt will pop up, and just the the ones that you don't have will be like grayed out, and you can only choose the one that the one that you have. Those devious sons of bitches. Yep. Clever. Yeah. Definitely. I could see myself playing that game up to that point and being like, I don't, I don't want to go with the one that I have. I got (laughs) to buy the other one. Sure. It's possible. I think Will would have done that, right? With uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Birthright instead of Conquest, right? Definitely. Well, so far they make the decision kind of clear, at least what I've played up to. It'll it'll change. Uh, it'll change. Good. I hope the decision is more difficult than Maybe it is right now. Uh, but yeah, good, good stuff. Um, they killed, or at least I think they killed a character that I liked. Mm-hmm. So those assholes. What were the tips you guys gave me early on? I can't remember. One of them was turn somebody into something. Well, uh, pretty much you're not going to get either of the characters that I said because you're doing birthright. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm doing birthright. I'll make that decision when the time comes. If you're doing conquest, you're turning Elise into a dark flyer, and make sure you have Keaton marry, Keaton marry someone and have a child to a to a good physical attacker. Yeah, yeah, good physical attacker. Because Keaton's daughter is so good, cleans house. Okay, I have no other thoughts at this juncture. Mm-hmm. Is that everything you played? Yeah, I don't even think I played Hearthstone. <gasps> That's a shocker. How dare you? Right? Come on, Corey. Right? I thought it was pretty cool to see our uh, cousins, second cousins, once removed, playing Mario Kart 7 on 2DSs this weekend. Yeah, it, it yeah. gave us something to relate to them about. Yeah, I That's... tried to chat with them a little bit, and it sure. was funny. Uh, the one who I had never met in my life. The uh, I hadn't met any of those kids. Oh. The one gave me a hug before he left on Monday, and I was the only one to get a hug. Oh, nice. And it was through our Mario Kart 7 chat. Yeah. So good for that. Absolutely. 
Okay. Uh, Will, you want to talk some Overwatch? Let's do it, Dan. All right, so uh, well, I mean, let's talk about the new character you picked up first. So I picked up Zenyatta, who is a support hero. Now, me, I usually play with one friend who always plays Mercy. Uh-huh. Uh, and the rest of the people that I play with, like, bounce around. Because, like, support is one that people just don't pick a lot. Sure. Um, so he just, he liked Mercy so much that he decided to always just play her. So, basically, we were getting, we're getting stomped online. So we decided to go with two supports. So he would be Mercy and I'd be Zenyatta. And we would just, you know, do everything in our power to keep everything alive. And Zenyatta is a really good physical attacker. Yeah. It can debuff the enemy. So we started doing that, and let me tell you, we went on, on like a 10-game winning streak with it because what would happen was he would be Mercy, and he would fly around and support um, basically the people on the outside. So like if somebody was bashing, he would float, heal them, uh, Widowmaker, heal them, and whatnot. And I would choose Zenyatta and go sort of in the fray. So if somebody chose Reinhardt, I would stay right behind his shield, and I would be tossing my healing orbs to just everybody in the area uh, and healing them as like as best as I could because it is a slower heal than Mercy's. Yeah. Uh, but it's effective enough. There was actually a couple games where I out-healed Johnny. Um, I would get the gold for healing. And I would just be launching my Discord orb. And I would just be firing my, my attack the whole time and just trying to pick off people. And Zenyatta is really rewarding with that. It's so much fun to play as him. Um, so much so he's probably my second favorite character now. Nice. Behind uh, Tracer. I yeah, I still love Tracer. Tracer is so much fun for me to play. Mm-hmm. It's like my perfect hero mm-hmm. to play. But yeah, like, and Zenyatta is ultimate, mind you, is super powerful because you press Q and it does a, uh, all like a aura healing. So everybody in the area gets healed like 180 hit points a second. So what happens is, like, if Farah, who uses her ultimate, which is the rocket volley into yep. the wherever she aims it, I'll just press Q as quick as I can, uh, and everybody will be healed in that area and won't die from it, and that will, like, help stop a push uh-huh. uh, from the other team. Or when we're all going to charge into an area where, like, bastions are set up, I will just, like, use that ability, uh, and we'll all just charge in there and take out the bastions without any issue. Yeah. Um, so Zenyatta is really, really so much fun to play. Nice. Yeah, I, I love playing him. So basically, Dan, when we play online and I'm with Johnny, like we usually roll the, the dual support. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and that just goes to show you like the variety of sure. you can make like heroes. Yeah. Some of the best games, like some of the best teams I've ever had have had no, like even no support. Like, the, the I talked about this a little bit last week, but the game is so flexible that you can roll a team with no support or a team with two support, char- uh, you know, characters and and make it successful as long as you're, uh, you know, different enough that people don't know how to like respond to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I like about it. You can never get away with something like that generally in a in a MOBA type of game, you know. Yeah. So. Um. And one quick thing, because I know Corey talked about the the toxicity of the online uh-huh. <laughs> so we had a guy who was bastion playing against us and they were had ended up winning and all he typed was too easy and of course johnny and max immediately jumped on him <laughs> of course 
And I was like, guys, don't do it. Yeah. Sure enough, they did it. Nice. Uh, and they just were just fighting the whole game. And, like, the guy was saying, I carried my team. Like, I'm the only reason we won. And, like, his team we got mad at him. So, like, everybody was fighting with this guy. A bunch of people left. Johnny and Max were still fighting with this guy. New people came in. And then everyone's like, why is everybody so salty? <laughs> um and it just got progressively worse, and then he ended up being on our team, so Johnny refused to heal him, mm-hmm. so he kept dying. <laughs> uh, and he said, we're saying, why can't you carry us? I thought you were really good at this game. And he said, I can't carry you noobs in this game. Oh, jeez. And it just got so bad to the point where I was like, I'm going to bed. What a, what a fantastic experience Overwatch is, huh? To be honest, that was pretty funny because the guy was very clearly just trying to get a reaction in the beginning, and it worked so easily. He didn't oh, yeah. say more than a line. Yeah. He didn't have to say more than two words. Well, it's it's more fun when, when you're in the majority and uh, the the other guy's in the minority. But uh, when it's the other way around and everyone's on you, it's it's depressing. Yep. And no matter if we won, he was always saying that we suck. It was just... <laughs> I haven't still haven't run into that much of that. I, I've had like a couple people that were a little bit salty, but not not too bad. And yeah. only one guy that was just a complete douche. Those are always fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I started playing uh, Junkrat a little bit. Daniel um, Whenever uh, the match starts going bad, I like to try to you know pick up a character that I don't usually play. Uh, but I've only ever had a handful of matches that were like totally one-sided, uh, with me, you know me being on the team that's just getting crushed. It doesn't it doesn't happen that often. It's usually usually fairly balanced. Um, you know both both teams making a push or whatever. I definitely think the matchmaking is getting better. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I decided to pick up Junkrat just for the heck of it. Uh, I didn't really have any defense heroes that I really liked playing as that well. Like I try not to pick bastion um just because of the the hatred towards bastion in general and you know i like to diversify a little bit Uh, i played a little bit as may uh but i was never not that great with may but i i like uh junkrat's the his little grenade launcher thing yeah uh but yeah i ended up having some uh pretty pretty good success with junkrat i had a play of the game that was not the uh the dreaded wheel thing it was just blowing people up and trapping people and yeah you know is that more more skill i i'm actually terrible with the the exploding wheel i've only you know, been able to kill people like i think i I had one time where i killed more than one person with it i've not had much are, luck people are definitely getting a lot smarter like yeah. last week i talked about with eric how like when that stuff comes at me i freeze and whatnot and like yeah. panic uh, and then I just end up doing nothing and dying. I have gotten to the point now where I see it and I shoot it almost yeah. immediately for it yep. to destroy. Yeah, it doesn't take that many hits either. Even if you're like not a very powerful char- character, as long as you you know hit it from a distance, it, it few shots will will blow it up. Now I got a question: What's Junkrat's hit points like? I think it's only two hundred. It's not very much. Okay. He's pretty soft, uh, but he's got the the like bear trap thing, which is useful for. Um, like if people are running through a corridor that's like off to the side or whatever, like I'll throw that down in the corridor and it'll let you know when it traps someone so I can run over there and start shooting them with my grenades, which actually do a lot of damage, uh, especially if you get direct hits, it, it really does a lot of damage. So, 
I get um, one hit useful. when a tracer in Zenyatta. Yeah, I get hit by him. Sure, one direct hit. Which I mean, tracer is really hard to hit. No matter who you are, is really hard to hit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, that would probably be luck, especially because the their grenades are kind of slow moving and they arc a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it would be have to be luck, unless like you just turn around and blast tracer as she's like running right at you. But yeah, um, I found myself getting stuck by by tracers. Uh, sticky sticky bomb there a lot lately <laughs> yeah so that's that's because junk rack and i like you can set up the trap and tracer like because i'm not paying attention what's in front of me yeah when i'm blinking around uh and i get trapped a lot yeah i'm not so. can you even see it as the other team yeah you can see it okay i know you can like, like shoot them but i've only ever done that like on accident it's not obvious where they are though yeah not as obvious as when you're when you're like actually junk rat and you know there's an icon on your thing and like i said it's nice that it tells you when you trap someone so you can just run over there and start shooting them while they're in the trap so i think it yeah. traps you for like three or four seconds or something like that yeah it's a long time and yeah. when you're tracer you're dead yeah so yeah so good stuff uh i still mostly play diva though uh, a little bit of Farah. um if i need to pick a defense hero that's when i end up picking junk rat so mm-hmm. I had a game, Dan, where you know how at the end of the game they give you the four like people who were the most valuable players yeah. in the game? Okay, I played a game where I had 39 eliminations. I had a gold. Uh-huh. I had 20 objective eliminations, which was gold. Uh-huh. And I had the most objective time with like two minutes and I was gold. And I was not up for any of the... Really? Yeah, I was so mad because i literally played the best game i ever had with tracer died like four or five times um and this was like on elios uh-huh. it's on those maps so it was uh-huh. control points yeah i was very upset that i didn't get any i bet acknowledgement for it uh, they still need to work on that and I, I think it's getting a little bit better but they the play of the game stuff too needs to be improved definitely um, it's, it's, it's always bastion plays. It, it's gotten better uh, but yeah, it's uh, most of the time Bastion plays, which Bastion wiping out a team is not impressive anymore. Not really. It's nothing new. Yeah, nothing new. Yeah, I mean, when everybody charges in there and Bastion can just wipe everybody. Yeah, and that that'll only happen like once in the game, and then you know, people people become aware. You know, I I actually read an article um, on I don't remember actually where it was. Might have been Destructoid. But the developer said when they first implemented it, Zenyatta would always get play of the game whenever he uses ultimate. Oh, really? Because the healing was so like great so that powerful. it just like the game, the algorithm and the system would be like, oh, like that was play of the game. Yeah. So. Uh, apparently, they're going to be looking into upping Diva's damage a little bit. Really? Which will be nice because I play Diva and she doesn't do very much damage. You got to get really close to do damage with her, but. Yeah, I'm excited for that because that's the character I play the most as. So, so it's a good feeling when the character you play gets buffed. Yeah, I guess it is. Because I, I saw there are good uh, Blizzard developers look, looking into making changes to D.Va. I was like, oh, why? No. What? And then I saw it was a damage buff. I was like, oh, bring it on. I'm actually hoping they do something with Zenyatta because he's so slow and his health is so little. Like he only has 50 hit points. Really? Like a hundred, but he has a hundred shield. But shields get drained a lot faster. Wow. Yeah. So I get 
I die a lot. Yeah. Basically. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I'm sure he'll talk more about this, but Eric, uh, Eric said his opinion on Overwatch kind of changed when he started playing as Lucio. So I'm excited to hear why specifically next week when, when he, when he's, when he's back. The character he hated on. Yeah. Yeah. I explained why for me. Yeah. It might be the same exact reason. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm excited to hear, hear his thoughts on, on Overwatch now. So next week. Lucio's going to get nerfed. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I hope so, just so I can he's, hear Eric. He's only yeah. good. Yeah. He's worth he, it for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's not good in all healing situations. If you have a team that's spread out everywhere, he doesn't help that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he only helps with when everyone's kind of clustered together, like like payload escorting stuff. He's he's pretty helpful for, but like defense, he's not really that helpful for because everyone's like kind of spread out, you know. So. Yeah, there's the, all the healers are definitely situational. Like I would, don't like to solo heal with Zenyatta all the time. Yeah, because the healing sometimes just doesn't come quick enough. Yeah, Mercy's the best for that. Yeah, so it's all situational. That's why Zenyatta is such an effective like two uh, A healer. Yeah. Okay, um, that's everything for Overwatch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you play anything else, Will? Nah. Okay. Oh, I played Fallout 4, but I fell asleep at the computer. Oh, nice. I I'm, I think I'm going to reinstall Fallout 4. I'll put it on my, um, my mechanical drive with all the space on it, just so I can just have it on my computer, because I do want to play Far Harbor at some point. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I yeah, play that, too. The only other thing I played, uh, still playing The Witcher, uh, which I love, I feel like already I've been doing a bunch of quests and seeing things in the game that I never played through in the first game, uh, which is surprising because I felt like, especially at the beginning of the game, I tried to do everything, but apparently that's not the case because I've done a lot of stuff already that I just have no memory of. So, you either forgot or I don't think I forgot because a lot, like a lot of it was familiar, especially like even the stuff right off, right off the bat. Um, but I've, I'm kind of venturing into stuff that I pretty sure I, I haven't seen. And they just released the 1.2 update, uh, which makes a lot of changes that, uh, uh, I think were, were, were good. Like, especially inventory stuff. Um, definitely positive changes. Uh, Corey, I think will be appreciative of, of those, those changes. So it's another one I got to get back to. Yeah, you really do. I've got time. What's the next, uh, what's the next game I want to play? Probably in the fall. Yeah. Or no, I mean, I don't know what your interest level in no man's sky is, but that's August now, essentially. Yep. So yeah, that's probably the first one uh, that I can think of. I'm sure something will come out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll there'll there'll be an indie or something that that uh, that'll tickle your fancy, right? That's right. There always is. There's always an indie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we lost our video with everybody. I don't yeah, know. I just turned mine back on. Me too. Pain in the butt. Skype sucks. Well, Skype's pretty good. No, it's not. If we could figure out the muting thing, so then it'd be fine, you know. 
you know how it mutes. Uh, that's on my end. Yeah. It's definitely not on mine. I, I don't yeah. get the muting at all. I don't know. I don't know what option I we'll have to compare and contrast at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think there there's just something, some setting or something, or maybe it is my headset that just mutes when somebody or when I'm talking. Yeah, mutes everything else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's everything, right? What we played. Do we get any feedback? Uh, yes, we did Jake get an email. Okay, cool. You want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is courtesy of Idaho Jake. Wasn't Idaho just in the news for something? I don't know. I don't pay attention Pota- to the news. Potatoes. Potatoes. Good one, Will. <laughs> hey, guys. I beat Far Harbor, and yes, the way you do it is fucking stupid, but the rest of the DLC is pretty cool. Did you beat it, Will? <laughs> yeah. Jake, Jake and I are on the same page. Okay. I like you could do it peacefully, but... God, the way that you have to do it is dumb. (laughs) I did run into an enemy that really sucked ass. It is a giant hermit crab with a delivery truck as a shell. Really? Yeah. That's kind of (laughs) cool. So uh, just a brief aside here. Working at the home today, uh, an older gentleman, a resident, came up to me, and we started talking about old nature documentaries. And he was telling me about the old uh, Disney documentaries from the, the 50s, the nature documentaries from the 50s, which is really interesting to hear. I didn't even know they did that. Uh, but we got talking about Discovery Channel and Animal Planet and all that stuff. And he was telling me about the giant killer hornets that are in, like, Japan and East Asia now. Ew. That they've killed people by stinging them once. <laughs> and they're, like, the size of a baseball. Oh, I hate stuff like yeah. that. And there was, uh, like, they've, they've killed people, uh, but, like, most of the time when people get stung, it's the anaphylactic yeah. shock. Uh, allergies and was immediately paralyzed from the sting for the rest of her life uh, that kind of stuff and that they're trying to exterminate them uh and he said he heard a rumor that they've come to the united states hmm. but that's just a rumor really? uh but it was funny talking to him because <laughs> we were talking about those disney documentaries and he's like i was like oh i'd be interested in checking those out and he's like well they're hard to find nowadays and this is we're talking to like an 80 year old man here and he's like you might want to check amazon.com uh-huh. and i was like oh yeah okay i'll do that you know i didn't want to mention because you never know what they know yeah and then we were talking a little bit more and he's like you know what come to think of it it might be on amazon prime video and i'm like all right, all right. now we're getting somewhere <laughs> never make assumptions yeah about these people uh, back to Jake's email. I also bought Mass Effect Trilogy for $10, and I am taking vacation from June 22nd to the 26th, so I will get into it since this vacation was supposed to be used for No Man's Sky. Oh, also, I'll keep my pre-order for now since it is only a month delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two-month delay. July, August? A month. And, right. Yeah, it's it's like a month and a half. Oh, okay. Because it it's supposed to come out in the end of June, and it's coming out in early August, so like a month and a half. Jake, if you haven't played the Mass Effect trilogy before, you're in for a treat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you like those kind of games. Yeah. Uh, what would be the best comparison? At least for the first game would be like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, space opera type of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, the second and third one, uh, they play differently, but it's it's the same like type of storyline and stuff. It's 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 a much better, tighter like third person shooter experience than the first one. Right. 
I will be pre-ordering my first wrestling game since SmackDown vs. Raw, as Goldberg will be the cover and playable character, and I watched him wrestle since it started with WCW. Uh, brief note, talking about wrestling is banned on this podcast. Eric is our... Re- no way, Eric hates wrestling. Wait, does Eric like wrestling? No. He used to. We all, we all used to kind of like it. Yeah, we I kids. used to go. Uh, honestly, the wrestling games are always fun. I don't know what they're like now, but I always had like even uh, oh, yeah. even the Nintendo sixty four wrestling games were a blast. What was the one where you could make? I know a lot of them do this, but was it Nintendo sixty four or PlayStation where you made your wrestler and you that was like so customizable where you could customize the moves and yeah. the entry music and all that stuff? Yeah, I know that that game existed on Nintendo sixty four because me and me and Graham played a lot of that back in the day. I don't remember which one it was, but it was a sure. lot of fun. I remember making somebody like Moon Man, and it was this dude with this like green skin, and mm-hmm. that's that's fun. Yeah, that gameplay is hard to nail, though. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to nail something that's so fake, you know. Hmm. <laughs> yep. No, it's I will real. be dis. Sorry. No, go ahead. I will be disappointed if you guys don't talk about one of the best D games, Double Dribble. Double Dribble. We did not talk about Double Dribble. I remember so little of Double Dribble. I know I played it. I remember renting it before. That's the one, I don't know if you heard, but Family Guy did an episode with Double Dribble in it where they do the um, like automatic three-point shot. Did you hear about that? No. They, they got just, the clip playing right now. Yeah. You just you kind of like are, go up into the corner and you jump off the thing, and every time it's just makes it makes makes it in <laughs> it was kind I'm of a, seeing a glitch. as you as you explain it yeah. i saw it it's great that's awesome yeah now for the question what weird food do you like and what food is your guilty pleasure as a kid i grew up on what we called ufos you place a piece of bologna on a cooking sheet then you put a scoop of mashed potatoes on the bologna then shredded cheese on top of the mashed potatoes Put that in the oven at 350 and wait for the cheese to melt. It is delicious, and I got my wife and kids hooked on them. I'm just thinking about them. It might be my dinner for tomorrow. Well, that's it for me, so get out of my email. That sounds really good. Uh, UFO? Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I've always been a fan of bologna. Yeah, bologna's great. We used to eat, as kids, fried bologna yeah. quite a bit. Fried bologna and uh, American cheese sandwiches? Yeah. Yep. Um, sure. My son's into bologna too the, right now. Have to try the UFO. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Has a bologna sandwiches about every day, but his is just he just wants bologna and bread, nothing else on it. No cheese. He was into fried bologna for a little while, but uh, now it's just bologna and bread. Hmm. And he doesn't eat the crust, obviously. No, of course not. He's a four-year-old. <laughs> or is he, is he five yet? Five, yeah. Jeez. Uh, so, Jake's question, what weird food do you like, and what food is your guilty pleasure? Weird food do I like? Guilty pleasure food. Man, for food, weird food, that I don't have a lot of range with what I like, I guess. Weird stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a weird food that I like. I mean, I like pizza rolls with A1 sauce. That's kind of weird, but it's really good. Never had that. I actually did an internet search and found one other girl who tweeted pizza rolls and A1 sauce. I just created a masterpiece or something along those lines. Nice. 
and I don't know if I did, but I think I, I think I liked the tweet or uh-huh. something like that. But it was from like a year ago. Oh, there you years go. Years ago. Oh, that's fine. Which is always creepy. It's one of my favorite things. That was one of my favorite things to do before I had a girlfriend was uh, go on like somebody's Facebook page, uh, usually a, a girl, and uh-huh. and go back years and like a photo <laughs> that they had posted from years ago, just so they knew I was like going through their yeah sure archive ballsy wow <laughs> well sends a message I guess I don't know did it ever work no, no <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy that's all uh, a boy yep slayer yeah guilty pleasure food i should be able to come up with something for that i don't know i like pizza ice cream cookies donuts it's right. guilty pleasure would be more like something that you shouldn't like but you really do you know i like just marshmallows just straight up marshmallows yeah I eat too many of those when I have them. Uh, I would say probably, like, I, I I don't like to waste food at all. So, like, when my son doesn't finish something, I'll try to finish it for him. Uh, so I've been eating a decent amount of SpaghettiOs lately. Uh, I don't know if that would consider be considered a guilty pleasure. Uh, they're they're pretty pretty good. SpaghettiOs? SpaghettiOs, yeah. SpaghettiOs, I haven't balls. had SpaghettiOs in years. Yeah. Meat, they have to have meatballs, though, right? Yeah, I don't like the non-meatball ones. Or the hot dog ones. Yeah, they're not... Ugh. Nah. You just wonder what the hot dogs are made out of, you know? I think hot dogs would be a good guilty pleasure, right? Sure. Especially if you like like the 99-cent 8-pack of Oscar Mayer wieners. Mm. <laughs> I actually There's... had hot dogs on Monday night. Okay. We had hot dogs Monday night, too. Yeah. On the grill. Well, it was one of those things, like... We had been out all day. We drank yeah. a little bit. We were so exhausted. I was trying to eat food all day, but, like, nothing would sit with me and nothing appealed to me. And, of course, my girlfriend wanted to go and spend the evening at her father's, so I had to buck up and socialize for a little while. And uh, she made, like, steak on the grill and stuff, but I just really wasn't feeling anything. Mm-hmm. But I had two Hoffman Snappy Grillers, and they really hit the spot. Yeah was nice with lots of ketchup and mustard yeah we had hoffman's hot dogs on monday too <clears throat> yeah because there's there's hot dogs that are good on on the grill and then there's hot dogs that are good in the microwave hoffman's hot dogs are not good in the microwave they're terrible um but if you get like a oscar meyer or like a ballpark they're fine in the microwave you know but not necessarily very good on the grill i totally agree with that i like the ballpark microwave yeah yeah, they're that fine. Seems to does it pretty well. Sure. But what I still do is uh, something I learned from the same gentleman whose wedding we were at this weekend was Spiral cook them cut. in a frying pan with vinegar, vinegar and, butter. and butter. Yeah, it's, I, uh, nice. I heard hot dogs are good too if you do a spiral cut on them. What's that? You just put do it like cut a little a little you know gash in it in a spiral on the hot dog and then put them on the grill and cook them that is way. It a, does it absorb some like the smokiness or I something? I have no idea why it makes it good, but I think I read that on Lifehacker one time. So I still eat uh, chicken fries. Uh, frozen bag of chicken fries is a staple here at this house. Uh, boxed mac and cheese. We get the Annie's mac and cheese. I eat too much of that. It's just easy. Yeah, and it's a good meal starter. You know, I really liked. You made us macaroni and cheese on Sunday. 
Yeah, that's really Annie's. Good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, throw in a bag of uh, mixed vegetables or whatever you got in the freezer with it, and you've got yourself a, a meal. meal, a yep. cheesy meal. Beef or chicken. I've done beef. His girlfriend doesn't like beef very much. Gotcha. Ground beef is not her thing, so. But I, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't come up with anything else food wise. I'm just trying to think of weird foods that I like. I don't know. Quinoa? You've ever had quinoa? Yeah, I don't like quinoa. I like quinoa. Here's the thing. Kinda, I'll eat anything. It's kind of hipster food, but yep. me and the wife like it. I'll eat anything. I'll even eat food I don't like. Uh, I'll eat quinoa. I'm not going to complain if it's put in front of me. Sure. But it's not my first choice. Same with beets and olives. Yeah. Oh, I hate olives. Absolutely yeah. hate olives. I'll eat them, though. Beets, I know they're good for me. Beets are okay. Olives are terrible. Yep. Yeah. That's a male thing. Males don't really like olives. Or he loves them. Females love them. Yeah, they do. Okay. Any other thoughts? Nada. Next week's episode will be E3 predictions, correct? I thought you said Doom. I want to wait till everyone gets a decent amount of time with Doom. Mm, okay. Uh, and E3... Is it predictions or what we want to see? Either or. You Both. Can, okay. Yeah. However, however you wanna wanna take it. I'll go crazy if you go crazy, Corey. I'll go crazy. All right. I'll go crazy. Yeah. Do some crazy I ones. A, I gotta write down a couple ideas I've had already. Yeah. You could do cr- them. do crazy ones. You could do safe ones. You could do things you want to see. Um, whatever. Whatever. Whatever you're feeling. So that'll be next week. Uh, likely when Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday. Right. Um, or is it Wednesday next good. week? I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. I would actually probably prefer Wednesday. Okay. We'll uh, we'll talk to Eric and see what see what he wants to do next week, too. Okay. Ho- hopefully he's not working nights next week, too. Yeah. Hopefully it was only this week. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah that stinks. Um, yeah, that's everything, right? Sure. Okay. Cha. Yeah, that'll do it for episode 254? Three? I don't even know. 53. 253. No, we already did 53. That's what the letter D podcast episode 253 says, Corey. I have 254. I I don't think I changed it. I think it's 54. It is 254. Episode 254 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. William. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, like me and Corey are going to be doing now, uh, we are 
going to be covering the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, which was season six, episode six, right? Yes. Blood, blood of, of my blood. Blood of my blood. Uh, for those of you that have not seen it yet, uh, this obviously contains spoilers for this week's episode. So uh, maybe put it on pause until you've seen it if you haven't uh, or if you don't care. Well, just keep on listening. Yeah. So, yeah, Corey, take it away. Um. Okay, so the episode opens with Mira pulling Bran through the snow. Yeah. Uh, this is after the death of uh, Hodor. Mm-hmm. And they are saved by a cloaked gentleman who we later find out is Uncle Benjamin Stark. Mm-hmm. Bran's, yeah, Bran's uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, Cold hands. I think we all, you and I both expected that to yeah. happen. They hinted at it a uh, number of times that he was still alive throughout the, the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, he has been stabbed, right? And he, then saved. Yeah, he had been stabbed by a White Walker, um, and they left him. So he would, you know, turn into a White Walker um, or, you know, one of their undead or what have you. But I think it he was specifically supposed to turn into a White Walker. Uh, but the children of the forest found him and stabbed him in the heart with a piece of dragon glass, which apparently stops the spread of the white Walker, what have you. Yes. So um, it's the, the, uh, works both ways, the cure and the, the cause, the cause. Yeah. So he's half white Walker, I guess, which is interesting, but yeah, his apparently curious. he's cold hands. That's his, his name now, I guess uh, that I think that's something from the books. I'm not that far yet. So, Okay. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think Cold Hands is like a character from the book. Maybe that you find out is Benjin, but maybe not. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, the return of Benjin. It's good stuff. That is good stuff, and we we kind of know that Brand's now the Three Eyed Raven. Mm-hmm. Whether he's ready for it or not. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, not much more to talk about with that. Or, or are we expecting they go to the wall? Probably. I, yeah. I, I would think so, because uh, you know they want Bran to be on the wall uh, for when the white the night Night King and the the White Walker army gets there, right? So they can kind of make their defense. So that's that's the plan for now, at least as far as I know. <clears throat> um. So there's that, and then we move on. Sam and Gilly are heading towards Horn Hill, which is the seat of House Tarly, uh, mm-hmm. Sam's house. Uh, I was kind of annoyed with this because I didn't feel like, especially the last few episodes, we talked a little bit about this with Arya. This stuff moved at a snail's pace relative to all the other stuff that's going on. Sure. So I was kind of torn. I kind of appreciated that they let a scene marinate again, which hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, all right, all right, all right, come on. Let's let's get through this. Let's see what happens. Uh, Father, uh, what's his name? Randall. Mr. T- Randall. Randall Tarly, yep. Randall Tarly does not take too kindly to Gilly. Uh, she ends up standing up for Sam because Randall keeps calling him fat and is displeased with how much of a wuss he is and ends up finding out that Gilly is a wildling, which he hates. Yep. Uh, sort of banishes Sam and agrees to raise the child uh, and let Gilly work in the kitchens. Sam is going to leave and then he changes his mind, comes back. The most noteworthy thing, though, is uh, he steals the sword, Heart, yeah. Hearth, Heartsbane. Yeah, Heartsbane, the the Tarly family Valyrian steel sword, which is yeah. obviously going to be use, more useful to uh, 
Sam in his battle, Sam and uh, Sam Tarly and uh, the, the uh, Night's Watch battle against the White Walkers because it's one of the few things that can actually kill a White Walker. Yeah. So. Um, and they're gonna all escape together mm-hmm. and go to the Citadel, I guess. Yeah, the Citadel is. I don't know where uh, Gilly and and Little Sam are gonna go, but uh, you know, Big Big Sam is gonna train to be a maester still at the Citadel in, okay. in old Old Town. Somebody posted on Twitter earlier today. Um, oh, I thought I saved it. I guess I didn't. But uh, basically that Sam Tarley is doing the same thing Ned Stark does, uh, telling other people the baby is his to protect it. Yep. Which is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know uh, if if um, Randall Tarley had found out that the baby was not Sam's, if he would have, you know, just killed Gilly and the baby oh, definitely. Right, right out. You know, because he obviously hated wildlings. Yeah, it's very clear that 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 whole uh, scene was very uncomfortable. It was. It was very uncomfortable. My girlfriend loved the part though, where Mrs. Tarley stood up for everybody. Yeah. And told Randall that he dishonors himself, not sure. the White Walker or the wildling in his home. Sure. Uh, which was a good moment. Yeah. So definitely. we'll see what happens. He's probably going to go after him. Especially because he stole the sword. Yeah, that's a big, that's a pretty big deal. There's only a handful of the Valyrian steel swords left in the world. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think he said it's been in the Tarly house for 500 years or something like that. Very long you know. time. So, yeah, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, and it was uh, a bold move by Sam. So, sure. I don't know how that plays out. I really don't. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but at the same rate, it's one of those things like. Is this really important right now? I mean, it's not important right now, but it probably will be later on, and that's how Game yeah. of Thrones works. Yeah, but whatever happened to Dorn? <laughs> I, I don't know. Dorn fell off the off the face because it was so bad. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Uh, like I said, uh, everyone that reads the books apparently thinks that uh, you know Prince Duran was one of the better characters in the entire thing. M- Mythos, yeah. And they kill him, so who knows? I don't know. Uh King's Landing, Tommen is talking with the High Sparrow about Marjorie's walk of atonement. Uh the High Sparrow lets Tommen speak to her and they both agree, like, hey, the high, this High Sparrow guy uh is is pretty alright. Or at least Marjorie makes us think that that's how she feels yeah and uh they're standing at the great sept when jamie and the uh tyrell group that plan to release marjorie and loris uh arrive and demands that the high sparrow release them he says no uh, but that there won't be a walk of atonement because marjorie has brought another one into the faith which happens to be tommen uniting the crown and the sparrows. Yep. And I love love that moment when uh, Olena, Lady Olena, right? That's her yep. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Queen of Thorns. Mace Tyrell, Mace Tyrell uh, turns to to Lady Lady Tyrell and says, "Like what's happening?" And she's like, "He just beat us. That's what's happening." Mace Tyrell's a little bit of a doofus. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, that's that's kind of clear. Uh, Lady Olena, she's she's the the. Uh, mind behind the the Terrell family. I think I think if Mace was was head of the family, it wouldn't wouldn't be going as well for 
for the Tyrell family is is with uh, uh Olena in charge. But yeah, she's she's like, yeah, the High Sparrow just just beat us. So, not a good thing. I don't Yeah. It, I mean, that that whole thing makes me uncomfortable too. Cuz I don't like groups you know, like uh, especially like religious zealot groups, makes me uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't like any of those events at all. Yep. So uh, Jamie is in front of Tommen, and Tommen more or less exiles him. He doesn't tell him he'll face any sort of uh, religious persecution for what he's done wrong, uh, but that he can continue to serve his house, just not in King's Landing. Yeah. And then Jamie and Cersei have a moment where he wants to find Braun. Yep. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. We yeah. haven't seen Braun yet this season, and Braun's no. a cool character. He was one of my uh, favorites, and I haven't seen him that much. He wants to find Braun and have Braun bring all the badass killers he can find and come in and kill the High Sparrow, mm-hmm. which I think is a terrible idea and would absolutely backfire. At the same time, that's I want to see that because to me, the High Sparrow is is the worst villain on the show right now. With uh, maybe with the exception of the um, the uh, Night King in the way. Is Walkers. he though? I hate him. I hate that that mindset. I really but do. These are people who who have done and are doing awful things. Yeah, I agree. And I I don't know like I, I I'm not a religious zealot myself. Uh, but in the like context of the show, these are bad people. Sure, everyone's bad. They're, they're all bad people, though. Like, yeah, but they're taking advantage of of the little people. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I never liked his shtick. Oh, well, there's I, definitely a shtick, and I definitely feel like he's manipulating things. But I just have a really hard time like wanting him dead for his actions you know i i don't think he's done anything bad enough to warrant like i want him dead yeah i i just want him out of the picture like i i don't you know i don't like the uh someone who you know claims to speak for the gods and know know the gods will you know uh like even even people that don't necessarily follow the religion are people that are are not religious are bound to these these you know rules and laws um, by by one particular group of people you know I, I don't like them lording themselves over over everyone you know even yeah. even people that don't necessarily follow the religion or aren't religious sure you know yeah um and then J- or Cersei just tells Jamie don't murder him uh. She wants him to go to River Run. Yep. To help retake the castle. Yep. What's the castle there? It's River called Run. River Run. Yeah. Uh, so he'll he's going to do that, and um, she tells him not to worry about her trial by combat because she has the mountain who is unbeatable. Until you find out he's going to be facing the dog, the hound. But when does that come in? Because he hasn't even been discovered if if he's still alive. I don't know. Which presumably that, that would be quite the reveal, is you know you find out that uh, the mountain has to face against someone, um, but a lot of people think that, that it's the Clagane Bowl theory um, that he was found by a religious person and found religion because of that, uh, because of this religious person that comes and saves him. So that could be that would be you know the the 
he could be their champion and they're just, you know, are hiding, hiding him. Because maybe, they, you know, the High Sparrow, he seems to be well-connected and uh, he can very easily uh, read the the nobility and stuff. And, and he, he obviously knows what they're going to do before they even do it. Yeah. So maybe he knows that Cersei wants to do a, a trial by combat because mm-hmm. she has the mountain. And that's when they would bring out the hound. You know, that would be yep. be interesting. Yeah, it's got to happen. <laughs> Clogane Bowl. That's, that's yeah. the theory. It's got to happen. Sure. Until you see somebody dead. They can't, they're not dead. Right, exactly. Although the hound was not in good shape when we left him. But... No, he was not. But Arya never finished him off, so. Yeah. God bless her. Speaking of Arya, she is on her mission to kill the actress uh, who she has sort of taken a liking to and ends up saving her at the last minute, uh, preventing her from drinking the poison that she created in her drink. Um, like I said, she she gets close to her just based on a few things that she says and, and sort of sees herself, some of herself in that actress yeah. uh, and saves her life. And in doing so, sort of ruins her chances of being a faceless man mm-hmm. and of course uh jockin jaken jaken the car jaken uh sends the waif to go kill aria saying don't let her suffer uh more or less ending aria's run as a faceless man and aria i believe accepts that and hides in the catacombs underneath bravos which I heard, I forget where I heard it, but people think that because of her blindness, she will have an advantage fighting in the dark. Uh, and that's why she went into the catacombs and, and blew turned, the candle out. Okay. Yeah, this the, this storyline was probably my least favorite of this season. Uh, but it all of a sudden got really interesting for me. Yeah, I, I was, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, really into it because, like, you know, obviously the Arya and the Waif or whatever have to square off and and uh, settle their differences. Uh, but then it'll be interesting to see what Arya does after that. Like, is she going to go back to Westeros and is she going to go on a killing rampage and just track down all the people who are on her list? Is she yep. going to go help John and Sansa? You know, like, you, uh, I can't wait to see what she's going to do next. Yep. Very excited. Uh, and she went back and got Needle. Yep. So she has Needle again. Yep. And she's just back to being Arya, which I really like because yeah. she was one of my favorite characters up until she started trying to become a faceless man. Yeah. But she's learned a lot. I mean, she's a badass fighter now. Yep. And she's going to kill the Waif. I wonder what if the Waif kills her. What if that happens? That would be horrible. There, there's yeah. too much buildup for that to happen, yeah. I think. She's got to finish her arc. But yeah, you know, I mean, you never know. Maybe the the advantage Arya has too is is having needle. Um, you know, uh, maybe the the wave never knew that she just never threw it away and, and hit it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'll be a bit interesting Which, to see how that plays out. Well, I mean, really, uh, we should have been able to put two and two together and decide. You know, she never really got rid of needle, and until yep. she does, yep. she's still Arya. Arya, yep. And I, I totally forgot about Needle, honestly, until she went and retrieved it. So yep. yeah, there's those hints. Yeah. Germ. It's rife, rife with, with, with hints. Planting seeds. Yeah. Riverlands, uh, Walda Frey receives word that Riverrun is lost, uh, retaken by Brynden the Blackfish Tully. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Walder is embarrassed, sort of, and wants to send. I don't know who those two guys were. Hit, hit two of his like thousand sons. Yeah, I think uh, one of them was a bastard. I think one of them was a, a Rivers. Okay, uh, and the other was like a, a Trueborn, I believe. Okay. Uh, and we hear that the Brotherhood Without Banners is rallying small folk, raiding, all that stuff. So things don't look good, but Walder Frey has a ace up his sleeve in the form of Edmure Tully, who he kept as a prisoner ever since the Red Wedding. Yep. To which I texted Dan and was like, does anybody even really care about Edmure? I just I didn't think he was very well respected. Uh, especially when he missed the funeral pyre tw- no. three times. Yeah, he was he was a bit of a doofus, but uh, as I told Corey, you know, he's the he he's the heir of uh of River Run and the Riverlands uh and of House Tully being the the oldest born, the only son of Hoster Tully. Um so he he's an important person at least as far as the show goes. Uh I don't know if he's still married to uh Rosalind Frey or not or if you know, because they weren't able to consummate their marriage, uh, because you know Edmure was thrown in the dungeon. If that was off or not, I'd be interested to hear that. But the one of the fan theories is this is where Lady Stoneheart is going to get uh, put into the show. Are you familiar with Lady Stoneheart, Corey? Mm, refresh my memory. I know the name. Lady Stoneheart is resurrected. Catelyn Stark. She was resurrected by Th- uh, Theros of, of Mir, Mir um, and became one of the Brotherhood Without Banners people. And her, she spends the rest of her days as a Frey killer. Catelyn? Yeah, Catelyn. Is she, like, uh, raised from the dead? Yep. Like the mountain yep. raised from the dead? No, like... Like a golem? No, like Jon Snow raised from uh, the dead. Or uh, Beric Dondarrion. She's a character <laughs> in the books. Okay. So interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, she becomes a, a. She spends her whole, uh, t- uh, all of her energy being being the kind of the head of the Brotherhood without banners, and and specifically wants to take vengeance on the phrase for betraying her family. <sighs> I don't. I don't know if I like that. Why? Another like revived character from the dead. I mean, there's a lot what, of them. What are the but... consequences in this world if everybody can just be? revived i don't think like, everyone can it's Stark going to show up in the last episode and no i th- i think that i mean the because uh, aria specifically asks um when she spends her time with the brotherhood without banners she specifically asks if anyone can be resurrected or if, i think she asks if someone without a head can be resurrected and he says it doesn't doesn't work like that so yeah they're i mean I you know the 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 thing we have here is the these are important characters you know if if the Brotherhood without banners uh, wanted to resurrect someone Catelyn Stark you know the wife of the Warden of the North former Warden of, Warden of the North would be an an important character that you'd want to want to resurrect not just any old soldier you know yeah so okay well we'll find out but that's just that's just a theory like i yeah. i think even george r r martin had said that or maybe it was the uh the D said that they she wasn't going to be in the show but maybe i don't know maybe they changed their minds who knows well, that's what i like about it and i i hope that the show and the books do end up going in different directions yeah at least slightly so. different directions yeah i hope the ending is different 
I really do. <laughs> I don't want it to be completely different. Why not? I don't know. They're two different things, and they're both awesome. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of people say that. It's it's like bonus Game of Thrones, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pick your favorite. Sure. That's, that you, that's the, the mythos you can live by. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, I thought it was sort of bad, uh, Dothraki. In the Dothraki Sea, Daenerys is riding with her, uh, whatchamacallits. What are they called? The Dothraki. The, yeah, Horde. Dothraki lords. Um and she ends up finding Drogo, and she rides around on the Drogo, and she makes an inspiring speech. Mm-hmm. And that's that. I don't know. I Whatever. I still feel like she's just so far away from conquering Westeros. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's got a huge army now, but the, she still needs a ton of ships to get them. And I know that the Greyjoy, uh, Euron Greyjoy, wants to give her ships, but, like, uh... uh Yara and uh, Theon just stole all the ships, you know? Like, they have the ship, the fleet now. Oh, they're going to see her. Do you think they're going to see her? They're, they're trying out, to... Where else? I don't know. Do uh, you think they're trying to preempt? Yeah. That would be interesting. I, I wouldn't not? guess that. I, w- I would have guessed that they were going to maybe take vengeance on the Boltons. Be part of that. Uh, part of that too. Have we seen enough Bolton uh, Greyjoy... Well, all, well, yeah, all the stuff uh, Ramsey did to Theon. Yeah, that seems Liter- personal. Though. Liter- literally ruined his life. I think. Uh, I think Ramsey's. Well, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Now that you mention it, okay. All right. Yeah. Good point. I, I ultimately don't know, and I hope we find out next week's episode, like what, just where they were going, because I, you know, you have no idea. Yeah, maybe Drogon will just start shuttling Dothraki's <laughs> one by one across the sea, or two by two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't love that scene. I thought it was silly, yeah. but you can't hit I, them all, I guess. I just feel like they're just so far from from conquering Westeros it's, that and there's it's, only it, like 15 episodes, or yeah, whatever. it's it's it almost seems irrelevant to me at this point. Like it's completely ancillary to what's going on in the Seven Kingdoms. But at the same rate, uh, what's his name? It seemed like Stannis got. Remember when Stannis uh, was heading to the wall? Like they yeah. got there like that. Yeah, sure. It happened in an episode. I know it's a lot closer, but yeah, yeah, it was a lot closer, and and they, I mean, they got ships immediately because they had all that money that they yeah. borrowed from the the Iron Bank. I mean, they're really only two episodes from Daenerys getting to, and it looked like there was Westeros. boats. You remember that the bridge place where um, Varys and and Tyrion got separated? Yeah, it looked like there was a bunch of boats like outside of that. I can't remember what what that city's name was, but um, yeah, it looked like there was a bunch of boats there that may, they may have been Greyjoy boats. I didn't I didn't look close enough. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the only thing, the other thing we didn't talk about are Brand's Brand's visions. Yeah, there's. I saw Mad those King. broken down, one yeah. by one. Lots of. I thought the editing was really cool there, like yep. really fast cut yep. and stuff. But uh, we see King Aris saying, "Like burn the mall or something mm-hmm. like that." Jamie stabbing him and then sitting on the throne. Yeah, which kind of hints at the Brand making uh, the Mad King lose his mind. Yeah, right. It possible. It's possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he could have been telling 
because uh, I watched the games GameStop uh, game GameStop game GameSpot GameSpot of Thrones mm-hmm. thing, and they they broke it all down. They could just and they said what what they said made sense is him whispering to the Mad King to burn them all. Uh, but the message gets a little bit mixed in translation, and uh, it, the Mad King thinks he's talking about the rebels when he's actually talking about like White Walkers. <laughs> and that could be the where the confusion was. But yeah, there's a few other things. Uh that's another another thing where they picked up uh, where uh Bran saw Catelyn die and Ned die. Uh, and that's another reason why people think that Lady Stoneheart might be, you know, in this season. Uh-huh. Um and how they talk about specifically Walder Frey talks about the the knife that um Walder you know, younger Walder Frey Walder Frey used to slit her throat. He specifically mentions that, show them that knife, so they think that that might be a reason, but who knows. Well, so so Brienne will meet up with uh, Catelyn again, right? She's on her way over there. Yeah, actually, in the books, um, Catelyn takes Brienne prisoner. Why? Because she didn't... I, I don't know. It. I can't remember specifically why, but it has something... She did. She didn't take vengeance on someone. And that's why Bran has her captive at the end. Jamie, of, I don't think it was Jamie because her she was supposed to take Jamie back to King's Landing mm. on Catelyn's request. So I don't think right. it was Jamie, but I think it had something to do with the with the phrase, maybe. Okay, but that I guess that's at the end of book book five is when she has Bran captive. Okay. If I binge read these books, how long do you think it would take me? Long time. The, like I said, I have two weeks, uh, 15 days or 14 days in August. I have all the audiobooks, so. Yeah, maybe I'll go that route. Um, no, I have four out of the five audiobooks, so. Beardless says she didn't get the girls and she had Oathbreaker or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah, something, it was, it was it, yeah, that could be very, why. Uh, Storm of Swords, which is the third book, is 47 hours. Uh, audiobook yeah. and Valerie brings up a good point they're hard to get through I to- I totally felt that way I, I did read the first book um, sure. and felt it was that it was very dense and it was easier to listen to yes. than read I could totally see that but I'm also not an excellent reader like I prefer <laughs> like young adult fiction <laughs> my problem is, is I don't like to miss any details so I'm a very slow reader uh, if if I find that I missed a detail uh, when you're listening to the audiobook, you just you know scan back a minute or two. Whereas um, when I'm reading, I a lot of times will read over something two or three times before I make sure I, it's committed to memory. Yeah. So, but even so, like you know, the third book is itself a two two full day listen. That's if you listen for two full twenty four hour days. Mm-hmm. So. That's what you should listen to at work, Corey. I know it takes mm. up podcast time, but. Yeah, maybe I'll do like when I'm doing my tractor mowing where it's more mindless than yeah. the other stuff. I mean, it's a couple hours a day anyway. Sure. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. I did listen to the f- the first book mm-hmm. already. Yeah, I'm about a third of the way through book t- book two. Okay third maybe two-fifths it's good stuff 
I dig it. Yeah. Does Roy Detrice do all of them? I believe so, yes. Nice. I don't know if he's going to do book six because it's not even out yet. Ugh, and he sounded old. He sounded old. The first one is a books on tape book, which was probably done. The first book came out 20 years ago, so it was yeah. probably done, you know, 18, 15 years ago. Uh-huh. So there's that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's everything, right? Yeah, I think that is everything. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the episode. But I it th- was. It was not as much happened, but it was uh, a little bit more. I heard it described as moving chess pieces around. Yeah, yeah. It was another setup episode, uh, definitely. Like like episode four was kind of you know for setting up episode five. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like like I said, the biggest takeaway for me was the the Arya storyline getting a lot more interesting all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad we're back to old Arya. Yep. All right. Uh, Yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, We will see you next week.